It's time to get your news on. We are VK1 WIA. Yes, it certainly is time. It's time for the national news from the WIA for week commencing November 26. This week, Scott Williams, WIA President, VK3KJ. Editor-in-Chief of Amateur Radio Magazine, Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. Plus much, much more, including Veronica, the universe's most colourful CubeSat. Yes, it's pink. All this in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia, the Black Friday Sale Edition. Yep, the place to be is AREG Sale, today, November 26. I'm Editor Graham VK4 Baker Baker. Hi there, this is WIA Director and President Scott Williams, VK3KJ, and welcome to the WIA broadcast this week. This week I'd like to talk to you about a very important strategic volunteer role within the WIA known as Regulatory Council. The WIA has been very fortunate over many, many years to have Peter Young, VK3MV, perform this role and what an outstanding contribution Peter has made. In fact, Peter was awarded Honorary Life Membership of the WIA at the AGM earlier this year and there is no doubt much of the recognition Peter received was for his outstanding work on the Regulatory Council. Peter Young announced several months ago that he'd be stepping down from the role but would continue in a support role so the hunt commenced to find somebody that would do justice to this very important role. Before I announce who has been appointed, let me just quickly talk to you about the role and what it involves. The role focuses on providing advice and interpretation to the WIA board on regulatory matters pertaining to the amateur service and the amateur satellite service. Areas of responsibility include advice on the Radio Communications Act 2003, Amateur Licence Conditions Determination, Apparatus Licence Conditions Determination, Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan and other legislative instruments. The role provides advice to the WIA Board and members on the Australian Communications and Media Authority licensing and compliance policy that affects the amateur service. The role also represents the WIA at ACMA presentations, information sessions and meetings as required and has a key focus on matters pertaining to regulatory issues. There is a detailed terms of reference that covers the responsibility of the role. I'm delighted to announce that Justin Giles Clark, VK7TW, and former WIA president has accepted the role. I can say that on behalf of the board, we are delighted with his appointment and we believe Justin is the perfect person to take on this very important role. With a transition to class licensing and significant reforms and consultation occurring on a regular basis, having Justin in the role supported by Peter Young sure places the WIA in a strong advocacy position. That's it for me this week, and this has been Scott Williams, WIA President, for this week's WIA News. Across Australia from VK1WIA, 
You're tuned to the WIA National News Service. Across Northern VK7, it can be heard on repeaters VK7s, RAA, RAC, RAL and RWC. At 9am local time on Sundays and Tuesdays at 8pm. I'm Peter, VK7PD. Yes, yes, I'm back. This is Editor-in-Chief of Amateur Radio Magazine, Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. Dudes, last Monday, the files for issue number 6 of AR Magazine for this year, the last one, were uploaded to the printer's server in Bairnsdale, Victoria. I should not tell a lie, they went on Tuesday morning. We just had to make sure that everything we could possibly fit in went in. What's left over is for future issues. Look out for the issue landing late next week, in your letterbox, your post office box, or your local newsagent. The theme for this soon-to-arrive issue is antennas, feed lines, and propagation. Something for everyone, almost. Well, some of you anyway. If you're picking up your copy in the newsagent, look for the dramatic picture of an awkward-looking but totally awesome vertical takeoff and landing aircraft flying over surface Paradise Beach here on the Gold Coast. The cover feature is about how a tight team of Gold Coast amateurs provided critical communications support to the first Pacific Air Show in Australia last August. A truly remarkable wide area UHF repeater network was pulled together and built especially for this phenomenal community event. The articles covering the theme will have to wait until you get a copy in your eager hands. Actually, I've been told to keep it short. So that's it from me. Wait, book your turn to put VK90 AR to air. Last chance. Amateur Radio Magazine, Volume 91, Issue Number 6 for this year. More guts, less gab. Serving Australian ham dudes for 90 years. Proudly produced and printed in Australia. Always available online. Always published to a schedule. Never random. I'm Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. Hi, I'm John, VK2JPM. Here's a suggestion to expand your hobby in a way that you probably haven't considered. There are over 460 community broadcasting stations in Australia and they all need technology support. It's the same skills you use to get on air. Selecting stuff, connecting, building, testing, fixing, more fixing... Every broadcaster has RF, transmitters, antennas and links, FM, AM and at serious power. We build skills with audio, computers, acoustics, lighting, aircon and generators, putting together, operating, doing field events and emergency operation and so much more. If it sounds like amateur radio on steroids, that's because it is and there's a place for you. Technorama is the volunteer organisation created to build our technologist community. We provide training, cross-pollinate skills and have fun. And many broadcast techs started as or became amateur radio operators. Next weekend, 1 to 3 December, is our annual gathering, TR23, in Chatswood, Sydney. And you're invited. The TR23 theme is building your next facility. Our guest of honour is one of the industry's most senior technologists and we'd love you to come along, hang out with, learn from and pass your skills to people just like you. All the info is at technorama.org.au. It's not too late to register and we're gender and age friendly. The printed version of this WIA story has additional info. Check technorama.org.au Look forward to meeting you at TR23.
73s. From here, there and everywhere, you've tuned to the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. We are VK1WIA. Now with international news, Jason, VK2LAW. Hello. Leading this week's international news, WRC 23. Monday, November 20, saw a hugely well-attended opening ceremony, speeches and initial plenaries as WRC 23 got underway. Around 3,500-plus delegates were present, and on the sidelines, some 23-centimetre news emerged from IARU. IARU were able to confirm the progress on 23 centimetres in the preceding ITU radio assembly. The draft text of an ITUR recommendation has been agreed after some long and difficult hours seeking a usable compromise. Most of the recent difficulties have been in the lower 1250 MHz part of the band, as well as power and antenna angle profiles for 1260 to 1262 MHz amateur satellite uplinks. However, as the detailed IARU report indicates, achieving consensus on what will become ITUR recommendation M2164 is just the first vital step. How it's referred to, if at all, by the ITU radio regulations is the critical challenge to come. In news from Region 1, our Irish friends have acute activity about to hit the airwaves. It's where kids can talk to the big man himself. Yes, Santa is coming to Shannon Basin Radio Club. Santa is taking time out from his busy schedule to have some QSOs with Junior Ops on Saturday, December 9th. He will be QRV on the EI2 SBC, Echo Icicle 2 Santa Before Christmas repeater. As the club says, Junior Ops are welcome to have a QSO with Santa in his home QDH. It'll be an opportunity to confirm you're on his good list or not and that the correct presents are in the bag. The October edition of the IARU Monitoring System Region 1 newsletter has been published. In amongst the illegal fishing boys, over-the-horizon radars and taxis, they also report observing an intriguing unknown digital signal that they've never received before. The monthly newsletters also demonstrate the highly interesting and diverse range of signals that encroach on our amateur radio bands. To news from Region 2. Out of IARU Region 2, but of immense benefit to all regions, is a massive 200 million US dollar gift to SETI. Yes, a 200 million dollar philanthropic gift from the estate of Franklin Antonio, November 6, November Kilo Foxtrot, co founder of Qualcomm and a longtime supporter of SETI's work. Franklin is probably recognised by many viewers as author of the Instant Track Orbital Tracking Software. The funding will boost initiatives such as postdoctoral fellowships, global research expansion, educational programs and innovative observational technologies impacting all domains of SETI research. N6NKF's legacy is expected to provide lasting financial stability and foster new partnerships for the Institute. Founded in 1984 to explore the origins of life and intelligence in the universe. A new node for the reverse beacon network. In a news release dated 13th of November, the Yasmi Foundation is pleased to report that a new African node has been added to the RBN, reverse beacon network, with the activation of seven Quebec 6 mic in Malawi. 
The node was funded through a grant from ARDC, managed and implemented by YASMI. The YASMI board also approved, at its November board meeting, funding for a node in Ushuaia at the southern tip of Argentina. With the Preventing Illegal Radio Abuse Through Enforcement, Pirate Act signed into law in 2020, a new era dawned for the FCC and its ability to issue larger fines against the operators of pirate radio stations in order to deter illegal operations. In continuing that mission, the FCC has issued $6.4 million in proposed fines against several pirate radio operators located in the Bronx and Brooklyn in New York City and in the neighbouring city of Mount Vernon, according to a news release last Wednesday, November 15. FCC Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel said in the Pirate Act, Congress upped the ante. It increased the penalties for those who transmit unauthorised signals over the FM and AM radio bands because they can compromise public trust in this service and jeopardise the broadcasting of emergency alerts. This means higher fines and more regular enforcement sweeps in our largest radio markets. Weird and wonderful. You'll never know when you'll be called upon to dig your way out of an emergency. I can't imagine what kind of situation would call for whipping up a satellite ground station for NOAA weather satellites from junk. But hey, it could happen. And when it does, you'll be ready. As long as you have an umbrella, some foil tape, some various bits and bobs like wire and an RTL SDR dongle. Hackaday are reporting on this umbrella build that, as you can imagine, takes a lot of tweaking to get it right. The umbrella and foil tape form the main reflector for the antenna, with a pie tin, a scrap of wire, and some random twigs being used to build the antenna's helical feed. Attached to an RTL-SDR plugged into a dodgy second-hand phone, the experimenter was able to get at least some kind of data from one of the GOES satellites. For VK1WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. We are VK1WIA. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. Now, context-wise, VHF viewership spring field day this weekend, 25-26 November. 7050 QLYDX CW leg is also this weekend. November 25-26 on the 160-10 metre contest bands. Exchange in signal report and your CQ zone. Now contest-wise, 2024. Ross Memorial Contest. Running on VHF and above for the month of January. You nominate the best 7-day or 2-day period per category. January 2024, VHF-UHF Summer Field Day. 13-14 January. 0100 hours UTC Saturday to 0059 hours UTC Sunday. Australia Day Contest. This contest is to encourage amateur radio promotional activity around the world and is designed to encourage friendly participation and help improve the operating skills of participants. It is held on the Australia Day public holiday, 26th of January. And finally, 1 for February. New Zealand's Jock White Memorial Field Day will be 24-25 February 2024. The rules have been tweaked slightly and are now up on the NZART website. 
Overseas contacts now score the same points as serial contacts. The definition of acceptable overseas contacts has changed to Oceania, as defined by the DXCC list. These changes have been made to better align the rules with the contest objective, simplify scoring, and to use a defined geographical boundary. DX window, Antarctica. Special event station L36Z marks the 36th anniversary of the Argentine Antarctic base, Esperanza. Activities on the HF bands using PSK31 and FT8. QSL via LU4DXU. Cambodia. QRV is XU7GNY today, November 26 on 86 metres. This includes being an entry in the CQ Worldwide DXCW contest. QSL via DJ6TF. Laos. A group of operators are QRV as XW4DX from BNTRN until tomorrow, November 27. Activities on 160 to 10 metres, except 80, 60 and 30 metres. Using CW, SSB and FT8 with five stations. QSL via F4 BKV. Luxembourg. LX90 RTL is in use to celebrate the 90th anniversary of Radio Luxembourg's first longwave broadcast. It is being used by various LX operators until the end of the year. Listen for the call sign on HF bands on SSB, CW, digital modes, and via satellite. All QSOs will be confirmed automatically via the DARC Bureau. The logs will be uploaded to Club Log, Logbook of the World, and EQSL on a regular basis. Namibia. QRV is V51WH from Omauru until the end of April 2024. Activities on 160 to 10 metres, including 60 metres for those in the world able to use that band. V51WH. QSL de Gunter. Home call is DK2WH. For VK1WA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Enningham. From here, there and everywhere, you've tuned to the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service on VK1WIA. Media Watch, her radio, her life, her movie. The story of an influential YL. Happy among her family of hams and inspiring others around the world. Would make a great subject for a feature film, and now it has. John Williams, VK4JJW, tells us about her and the new documentary. Even if she doesn't feel like a movie star, Bharati Devapulave is generating a lot of excitement on the film screen in a new one-hour documentary, My Radio, My Life, that premiered Friday the 10th of November at the Africa International Film Festival. The team of filmmakers from Pune, India, takes a sweeping yet very personal view of the medium in all its varied forms, from shortwave enthusiast to commercial broadcaster to amateur radio operator, focusing on a handful of its most ardent practitioners. As someone who's been a radio amateur for more than half of her life, Bharati, V-U-2-R-B-I, plays a central role in the film, giving the camera crew access to her shack in Hyderabad earlier this year, and introducing the many members of her very large ham radio family, including her husband, VU2DBP, her daughter, VU2DTR, 
and her son VU-3 DVS. The veteran de-expeditioner, who's assisted widely in disaster management communications and received many awards worldwide, is an advocate and educator for amateur radio education, particularly for YLs. The documentary, which is expected to arrive in India sometime in 2024, is scheduled to appear at other festivals around the world, where it'll be among many films vying for awards. For Bharati, the title couldn't be more perfect. My Radio, My Life is Her Story. This is John Williams, VK4JJW. We are VK1WIA. Now, special interest group news with Cole, VK3GTV. Hello, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier, Veronica. Space Manic's pink CubeSat successfully launched. Veronica, a one-unit CubeSat, was launched on SpaceX's Transporter 9 mission, marking the third Slovak satellite to venture into space. Morris Prochik, a financier from Slovakia, had approached Space Manic to construct and launch the CubeSat, making it the first family satellite of its kind. Veronica, named after Boris's daughter, went beyond being a CubeSat with a personal touch. It was a technologically advanced mission designed to support the Slovak and international amateur radio community. The CubeSat features an array of technical capabilities to serve its primary objectives. 9K6 G3RUH, AX25 Telemetry, DigiPeter, CW Beacon, SSDV Transmissions. The IARU coordinated downlink frequency is 436.680 MHz. Veronica will be operated by Amateur Radio Club OM3KSI, which will actively participate in its mission. In an unconventional move, Veronica was not only the first ever family named satellite, but also the first ever pink satellite, adding a personal and distinctive touch to its appearance. Lost in space, Danger Will Robinson. Who remembers that? NASA's newest satellite in orbit, some 200 miles above Earth, isn't one that you can contact by radio. In fact, it's not an official satellite at all, but a bag of tools lost from the International Space Station. AR Newsline's Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, tells us how it got lost in space. NASA astronauts Jasmine Mockbelly, KI5WSL, and Laurel O'Hara, KI5TOM, were conducting a spacewalk on November 1st. They were tending to a solar alpha rotary joint that helps the ISS track the sun, and they were conducting maintenance work on a communications antenna. That's when it happened. The suitcase-sized tool bag they were using slipped free of Mugbelli's grasp and went off onto a space mission of its own. According to various media accounts, the bag, which has an exterior that reflects the sun, is now hurtling along at a few thousand miles an hour on a journey that is expected to end when... Just as with another toolbox lost in 2009, it enters the Earth's atmosphere and burns up. So no, you can't make radio contact with this particular rogue satellite, but a number of people, including Japanese astronaut Satoshi Furukawa, have been able to see it. And at one point, it was directly over Mount Fuji. It is apparently not difficult to find if you have a telescope or high-power binoculars. If you see this free-floating toolbox and capture its image, the website EarthSky is hoping you'll share it with them. All images can be uploaded using the link that appears in this week's text version. This is Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. Thanks, Kent. Suddenly dropping that nut or bolt whilst working on a roof doesn't seem so bad now, does it? Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. 
Following record flooding in New South Wales last year, which impacted communities across the state and resulted in more than 80,000 calls to the State Emergency Service, the New South Wales State Government has announced a $25 million upgrade to the SES's flood rescue fleet. More than $14.7 million will go towards 142 additional boats, rafts, trucks, cars and trailers in response to recommendations from the Independent Flood Inquiry. All new vehicles are being equipped with vehicle-as-a-node technology, allowing crews to communicate using 4G and satellite networks, in addition to regular radio networks. India, Kolkata. The state government has set the ball rolling for setting up a temporary ham radio station at Mizuni Island. This is to be used considering its vulnerability to frequent cyclonic weather conditions, as well as other major natural disasters. Whenever there is a natural calamity, the normal communication system there goes haywire, and so the district administration can't establish contact with the local administration in different remote islands of the Sudabans, including Basuni Islands, where transportation is a major challenge and waterways being the only option. The State Disaster Management Department joined hands with the Best Bengal Radio Club and Indian Academy of Communication and Disaster Management and hosted a two-day demonstration regarding setting up of a radio station, placing of the antennae and proper communication, the harnessing of solar power in the establishment of communication and other nitty-gritties for local residents of Masuni Island just days ago. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Radio Amity Young Timers, Yota, for the latest news, here's Alec, VK2APC. Thanks, Cole. Amateur Radio and Schools Convention Presentation As part of its commitment to outreach and the growth of amateur radio, the RSGB has released a presentation from its 2023 convention called Taking Amateur Radio into Schools. Lyle Smith, GM4XID, Chris Laverston, M0KPW and Simon Harris G4WQG share their experiences of inspiring we school pupils to explore and have fun with amateur radio. Lyle set up an amateur radio club in his school. Chris started an after-school club at his daughter's primary school. Simon, with the help of his friends at his amateur radio club, created links with his son's technical college that have snowboarded to other schools in the area. The presentation shows how individual radio amateurs and clubs can make positive and productive links with schools. They give tips and encouragement for getting involved with your local schools. They are great initiatives. I'm Alec, VK2APC in Sydney. Now back to you, Cole. Thanks, Alec. And that brings me to the end of this week's special interest group news. My time is up. But one last story about time. Fans of keeping Universal Coordinated Time, or UTC, intact... Take note, the International Telecommunications Union is discussing one prominent timekeeper's proposal for global standard setters to institute something called the Leap Minute, and whether it should be introduced in light of the recent decision to eliminate the Leap Second. AR Newsline is reporting how the ITU's World Radio Communications Conference in Dubai, an, an ambitious agenda that includes discussion of a US timekeeper's proposal to address the planned elimination of leap seconds starting in 2035. Leap seconds were originally implemented to synchronise the Earth's irregular rotation with the ultra-precise method of atomic timekeeping. 
It's this form of timekeeping that's reflected in UTC, the very time standard that radio amateurs, scientists and many others depend upon worldwide. The leap second was marked for elimination in a vote last year by the International Bureau of Weights and Measures to address its complex impact on technology and other fields. An alternate timekeeping method discussed in Dubai suggests that leap minutes be used instead every 50 years or so as needed to align clocks more closely with the variable movement of the Earth. This alternative form of time adjustment is a concept from Judah Levine of the National Institute of Standards and Technology in the United States. It's unclear what kind of reception this new controversial remedy may ultimately receive from the International Bureau of Weights and Measures itself. We will know, of course, in, wait for it, due time. And after that terrible pun, until next time... I'm Col, VK3GTV. This is VK1WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. 2023 Social Centres, we tie the ribbons. VK5, as I said at the top of the news, Amateur Radio Experimenters Group Radio and Electronic Sale is on now, November 26. In February, February 4, it's the Barg Hamfest. Now, this is being held right next door to the Barg Club Rooms at the Ballarat Airport, 10am on Feb 4. And May 4 and 5, WIA AGM. Where? In Bundy. So, keep an eye out for when you can book for the WIA AGM and convention. Now, till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Happy shopping, customers. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.